Hi, my name is Phil Hoskins, Managing Director of Evolution Energy Minerals. We're a Tanzanian graphite developer with a development ready asset, uh, DFS mining license environmental approvals, working towards final investment decision towards the end of the year. We've got a very coarse flake graphite deposit, just signed our first offtake agreement, uh, covering almost 70% of the revenue, uh, working through a framework agreement with the Tanzanian government um, with uh, diversified downstream strategies for growth. So really excited to be here today and, and talk about it. Oh. Well, thanks for joining us uh, here in Cape Town. You're over from Aussie based? Where are you based? Yeah, based in Perth, Western Okay, Australia. fantastic. So what have you been here to do this week? Uh, here for mining in Darba um, and, and the 121 conference. So uh, getting out and seeing investors and also banks ahead of our project finance later in the year and heading to site soon after this uh, for analyst tours and government meetings. Okay, you're literally leaving for Tanzania straight after this? No, heading out tomorrow. Oh, fantastic. Okay, good stuff. Well, look, um, might be worth introducing yourself. Okay, you know, what's your background relevant to what you're doing now? Yeah, so I'm a chartered accountant, um, grew up in Perth, um, uh, worked with Ernst & Young for a while, uh, spent almost 10 years in uh, finance roles and, you know, in property development in Australia and in London. Uh, the last 11 years has been in mining, uh, mm -hmm. initially a CFO of an iron ore producer, and then the last eight years stepping into a CEO role and taking a company in the, the graphite direction. And uh, this graphite project we're, we're talking about is... Uh, since the very first drill hole was, uh, uh, I guess, drilled under my, my management. Right. Okay. And so was that in a, in a, in a private guys or because you recently IPO'd, right? Uh, recently IPO'd. And, and so there was, I guess, been a few corporate uh, changes over that journey uh, leading into this. And so Evolution was, whilst only six months old, was mm. able to acquire the uh, uh, development ready asset that I've yeah, worked on for, for those eight years. Okay. And who's on the team that's supporting? Where, where's the technical know-how? The technical know has with a guy called Michael Bourguignon. Yeah. Um, we brought Michael in recently. Um, uh, he's built uh, five uh, projects on the African continent and, and commissioned in the last 10 years in right. Ghana, Cote d'Ivoire, uh, but critically to this project, uh, Mozambique. So he uh, was involved in the development of Syrah Resources Project, right. okay. uh, the Balama Graphite Project. He got involved there uh, at the commencement of construction. So I guess he inherited the design um, and he... Uh, worked to, to get that project to conclusion and it experienced some issues during commissioning um, and uh, I guess he was able to to learn from the historical test work that had been done and, mm. and hopefully bring those learnings to uh, to our company and so I don't think there'd be sort of a junior graphite company out there that's got someone like Michael to to really de-risk the transition from where we are through to, to construction. So he's, he's relatively new so who was handling it before? Uh, we had a guy called Warren King. Um, right. He was the, the project manager through the, the DFS phase. He's uh, currently building Red Fives, King of the Hills project in Western Australia. Right, okay, okay. So let, let, given you managed a lot of it privately, and okay, yeah, we know you're advanced, okay? Mm -hmm. FIDs up at the end of the year, great stuff. So what, was, what did you set out to try and do? And why did you go in a, in, in a, in a private context? Um, you know, how have you got to where you are today? It was uh, still listed, but um, okay. uh, originally in a company called IMX Resources, actually, but um, okay. uh, which was also the company that had the, the iron ore mine. But um, yeah, originally when we set out, it was just to, to define a resource and, and we advanced it through 2015 okay. to a, a So IMX so spin it out? And, and yeah, in 2016, when we got to a point oh, where okay, the, gotcha. we understood the, the pro uh, pro product quality and uh, because IMX had some other nickel assets and things in it that we wanted a dedicated board and management team just to drive that proge uh, uh, project forward. Right, okay. So you, the, the, at the spin out stage, what, what did that structure look like? Who owns what? 
Uh, so graphics uh, was spun out. It was um, um, yeah, new IPO investors um, that uh, I don't know if I actually recall the, the terms, yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah, brought in a bunch of new investors and uh, to, to continue the project. At the time, it was a PFS stage. Uh, we had environmental approvals. And, right. Uh, and one other thing in terms of the, the history of this project that I think is important is because we were always maybe two years behind Syrah Resources uh, who had a billion tonnes of graphite, mm. um, we wanted to understand that the end use market was less than a million tonnes per annum. And so if we had what they had, we probably didn't stand a chance in hell. And so one, I guess, approach to the development we've had, uh, maybe different to others, was a commitment to understanding the market, right. which has seen me uh, spend almost 250 days in China across 30 plus trips, just engaging with end users, understanding the applications. Yeah. I guess that continues to this day, but uh, that was always one of the, the key things early uh, uh, to understand. Do we have something that's different? Well, yeah, you could ask the market if they want it first. You can't produce it exactly. and hope they'll turn up. Um, let, let's come on to that in a second. Let's, let's stick with the kind of the, the, the valuation of the asset when you moved moved it over in the unit. And, and tell me a bit about the share registry. I know you've got some new IPO shareholders, but who are the, any names in there that we'd recognise, either institutional or otherwise? Yeah, so the, the new IPO is um, uh, in evolution, uh, has brought in the Arch Sustainable Resources Fund. And, uh, Amanda the, Van Dyke. Amanda Van Dyke, correct. Um, and so I've, she's followed the project for, for six years uh, in her various funds management roles um, in the UK. And uh, we started talking probably 18 months ago about um, the role she was stepping into with Arch and um, they're quite an exciting uh, mining uh, private equity uh, ESG focused company looking to invest in the decarbonisation metals but do so in a way or ensure the investee companies are doing so in a sustainable manner and uh, we're their first investment. Um, they've notionally put aside 25 million US to invest in the company and still have more to deploy which is um, great for us as we uh, move towards FID to have uh, someone who's notionally there for 20% of the construction equity as well. Right, okay. So let's talk about what you've got today. What, 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 what do we need to know about the asset in terms of the economics? Yeah, so it's a $87 million capital cost. Uh, this is a, a 2020 DFS, so relatively recent. Uh, $323 million NPV, uh, three-year payback. Uh, it's a half a million tonne per annum uh, project to produce roughly 50,000 tonnes of uh, of concentrate per annum, and mm. our feed grades 10% to that. Um, but what really sets it apart, uh, it's not all about tonnes and grade in, in graphite, but product quality. Mm. Um, flake size distribution can drive a much higher uh, average sale price yeah. and in effect, um, higher margins. And um, we're one of the coarsest flake graphite deposits uh, in the world. Right. So you, you talked about trying to understand the market and, and that, uh, clearly you should, but it's surprising how many people don't bother. <laughs> right. So um, do you know, have you got a line of sight as to where, whether you're going to do this as, as some kind of offtake to help with your, the financing of the, of the CapEx or you're going to sell in the, I'm not quite sure how to do the spot market, the equivalent of that in market. What, what's, your, what, what's your route to market? Yeah, look, if we didn't need to get, say, debt finance, I, I wouldn't necessarily sign an offtake agreement. I know equity markets really love them as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, there's probably a misnomer in the market that you need an offtake agreement to sell graphite, and that's not 100% true. It's all about product qualification. So right. as long as you've qualified with numerous customers, as we have, that yeah. product qualification has been a, a real focus of us over a long time, right. then you can sell spot, um, yeah. and your prices would, would actually be a little bit higher. Okay. Um, but Notwithstanding that, we do want project finance. And um, uh, on Monday, we did announce our first uh, binding offtake agreement 
uh, with the global leader of what's called uh, expandable graphite and graphite foil. Mm -hmm. uh, this is sort of the, the ideal high value use if you've got coarse flake graphite. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other side of the coin being if you've got fines, that's the sort of market yeah. that ends up in the anode materials. And so we'll have, uh, we're working on the fines offtake agreement at the moment. Right. Um, and that'll likely go into to Western anode materials. Okay, so you've got, you've got the, I guess, two, two parts to that. So let's, let's focus on how you get the the capex finance right sure. so again can't see background so we, you must have <laughs> spent a bit of time thinking about this so how do you, how do you think that's going to break down for you um you know where's where's the money going to come from and what's like what's kind of what type of money you're going to get in sure I, th I think importantly even though it is a dfs that's only two years old we've yep. been in an inflationary environment so we are working right. on an updated okay. uh, dfs which is uh, likely to end up with a capex of around 100 uh, that's going to be okay. that's going to be concluded in the September quarter. Okay. Um, uh, there's still working capital and other things that we'll, we'll probably see a total funding amount in the order of 120 million US. Okay. How we're seeking to fund that, um, uh, we're about to announce the appointment of a uh, debt advisor uh, who uh, in Cape Town has been running us around, uh, essentially lining up uh, the banks. And so we believe it's a partnership between either South African banks or, or development finance institutions in Africa with right. the Tanzanian banks who have um, who have the appetite. Yeah, uh, we're not looking to push the gearing too hard. Um, it is a commodity that banks are still sort of getting used to and understanding. Um, so we're sort of thinking a 50-50 split between okay. debt and equity, which would sort of leave you with a, a 60 million US equity why, why, check. Why is that? Because normally, normally people come in here and say, oh, 70, 30, 60, 40, 50, 50. Is like, what's the, what's the risk? There for the for the debt providers, why? why well, I think it's less less risk for the debt providers at fifty fifty. Well, it, it is, but it's like, like why would they not be prepared to do more? Because you know they make more if they lend more, but you know they they they, they have the kind of risk profile uh, and mitigate themselves. So yeah. what will they? What are these? Well, I think uh, the the graphite market itself, uh, compared to other commodities, and, and you, you ask yourself the question why why haven't we seen a, a, a debt financing in the, the graphite space yet. The, yeah. the thematic is still very strong, uh, always has been. There's there's some good projects around and it is about the nuances in the graphite market right. and pricing and uh, it's slightly opaque in places in terms of pricing, yeah, right? Correct. So, uh, I've always said the people with the money don't understand the market and the people that understand the market don't have any money. So yeah. Uh, we're, we're slowly trying to bridge that gap. Well, it's because it's, it's niche. Like if it's like, you know, pre precious metals or one of the belts, it, it's well understood. So yeah. for, the, for the banks, and I love the fact that it's African banks coming here and doing the debt, because again, that's, that feels like it's the last four or five years that's, that's been the move and, and the trend. Yeah. Um, you'd think they'd make a bit more effort to understand some of these, I mean, it's slightly esoteric. Yeah, at the moment, we could probably call it slightly esoteric. Yeah, sure. No, they're definitely making the effort. Um, and there's no doubt that. I guess in the last 18 months, the, the graphite market outlook has just uh, got better and better. The, mm. the, the supply side being under threat in China and, and the Western world trying to move ex-China. Yeah. Um, so there's no doubt they're, they're trying and it'll just take a little bit of time to Because it's a pretty short period. It's not, you know, it really hasn't been that long. So they need to see some sort of consistency in terms of around pricing, et cetera. Yeah, if you look, we, we started eight years ago and we we're pioneers on test work and understanding the, yeah. the and what I, what I know about the graphite market this year compared to last year. You're just on this incredible uh, yeah. uh, sort of journey uh, of understanding. And um, uh, and I think the banks also need to do independent due diligence. And it's like you say, that the market's a little opaque. And yeah. uh, so we'll help them where they can. We'll put offtake agreements in place with uh, with quality um, 
uh, quality partners uh, who add value to the product and but also demonstrate the the general market for the product rather than uh, just that one particular customer being maybe the only person that could ever take it so what's your what's your risk appetite right you talked about you know you probably don't need to have these uh, contracts in place but it makes the banks feel a little bit more comfortable yeah and they don't know enough at this moment in time going forward would you kind of move to um you know once once those uh, contracts are, have run their term just did it market is that um i'm trying uh, to find your mind mind in terms of risk appetite uh look i think we could go elsewhere but i think that would be uh, probably disrespectful to the qualification periods that our right. customers uh, put in place to sign those agreements and yeah. they spend a lot of money to qualify and yeah. and they, they hope to have um supply for a long period of time so whilst our agreements are likely to be sort of three-year term um if they've been uh, good customers over that time frame yeah. i don't want to pull the rug from underneath okay. them. so my, my intention uh, because we are working on a couple of downstream strategies on both the course and the fine flake and yeah. uh, uh, subject to the success of those and as those move forward uh, i'd like to see that come back okay. and, and cause an exp expansion in the initial uh, sort of project size so how many how many samples do you send out and how many, how many qualifiers based uh, qualification processes did you run through Oh, there's probably 20 customers in China. There's uh, similar in Europe and similar in the US. And um, it's interesting how you you go about it over the journey that you, the, the first, one of the first calls I made back seven, eight years ago was to a German company. And when yeah. he said, I only buy 6,000 tons a year of graphite, I thought, mm. oh my God, I'm going to need 10 of these guys. Yeah. And uh, so everyone then has the lure of China where yeah. uh, they promise big tons and, and maybe they can't take all those tons. But yeah. uh, and I've sort of come full circle that um, you uh, graphite is a marketing game, and, and we'll probably end up with twenty customers once we're in production. And, right. uh, and you want to you want to be able to sell to as many different people and achieve the highest price possible for your product. And uh, yeah. uh, so, uh, but I think that's sort of a phase two. Is I think we need to respect the offtake agreements we sign. It's probably going to end up being eighty percent of our total production. Um, okay. And uh, with that twenty percent, um, maybe a few a few downstream applications and and sales to other high paying customers as well. Right. So, so in terms, of, you've explained that where you're at today in terms of the product. Yeah. Any is there any desire to kind of move further downstream and do that yourselves, or would you feel like partnering is the best route? I mean, how do you play it? Yeah, there's a, a two phase um, downstream, and so I'll leave the anodes to the side, but the, yeah. the course flake downstream that. Um, has always been, I've always had a really heavy focus on the downstream markets or the applications for course flake, given mm. our product was so course flake. And so part of the agreement we've signed um, with this global leader for expandable graphite and graphite foil mm. um, is a, a joint partnership to go downstream in, in Europe together. Okay. Um, uh, that's only at MOU phase. We're currently working through the joint venture agreement or, or technology agreement with them. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, the idea is to uh, look maybe in Europe or uh, well, well, sorry, I was going to say Germany or other places in Europe to go downstream and produce those products. And right. they're hugely value accretive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you absolutely need his technology. Without their technology, uh, we, right. we wouldn't be able to do that. And downstream, generally, I think there's three things. Yeah. There's, is my product suitable? Uh, do I understand the market, both pricing applications and things? And, yeah. and do I have the technology? And if you've got those three things, then you can do it successfully. Absolutely. And you're under any pressure, because I know, you know, in the country of geopolitical environment, you know, Africa's been quite neutral, wisely, I think, sort of sitting back and watching the world implode. Yeah. Um, are you under any pressure from the banks to, you know, favour one um, just so one region rather over another in terms of you kind of got this European EV ecosystem spending billion, hundreds of billions of dollars. 
US doing the same. And you know, are they saying, oh, you need to be ex China? If you can be ex China, you need to be ex China. We're more comfortable with that. Um, I think the I don't think the banks would mind too much. Um, right. Having said that, enforceability of a an offtake agreement in China, banks will probably right. view more dimly than a, yeah. a sort of co a Western corporate with a, a decent balance sheet. So, yeah. but, but I don't think the banks uh, mind as much. But I do think equity markets really um, yeah. really care about that. And yeah. um, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, um, uh, so that the, our course flake offtaker is is a Chinese group and it's a group I've been wanting to sign with for seven years. Yeah, so I'm yeah. definitely not going to apologize uh, for doing that because these guys are selling to Apple and Samsung and some of mm -hmm. the highest caliber companies in the world. And, um, uh, but, uh, it's the, the fact of the matter on the course flake side of things is that, uh, the, the ex China market won't sign off take agreements pre-construction. Yeah. Um, and it's probably a little bit too small as well. So, uh, yeah, I guess it's a, uh, something that we've had to do is to, to sign with these guys. Again, though, I don't want to apologise. I'm ecstatic to sign money, with money, 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 No, I get, I get that money's money and, you know, when, you, when you're kicking off it, you know, you're, you're, you're welcome. It. Um, can we come back to the equity component, right? Yeah. Because with more technical commodities, whether it be your lithiums, your uraniums, your rare earths, et cetera, and yeah. I guess it fall heavily in this, in, into that category, is you've got the choice of going after strategic capital, Yep. where someone's going to bring some know-how, access to market and all of those wonderful things that come yep. with it. And then there's just money, yeah. right? Where you're still in control of your destiny because you're the brain's trust in the room at the time. So we, again, preference there. Look, I don't think we're trying to do any project level equity deals. I don't think we're trying to do any uh, sort of corporate level equity where someone would be taking more than 20% of their board roles. Yeah, okay. I think that... Um, generalists are getting to the point where they need to have a gra one graphite in their portfolio and then okay. those, those strategics you talk about that are the critical minerals funds and things are likely to have more than one and um, mm. uh, the, uh, over the last couple of years it's been stark how uh, I guess how advanced uh, people are getting and, and how yeah. many more funds there are out there and um, particularly not just graphite or, or lithium and those metals but also yeah. guys that are De uh, developing them in a sustainable way as well. So, yeah, I guess there's that. The ESG side is. Uh, uh, we'll talk. We'll talk about your award in a minute. We don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's. Let, just want to I'm trying to get there. No, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Here it is. No, we um, just 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 on that sort of the the market side of things. I can. I know that generalists are kind of coming in now into EV. Everyone's you know in raptures about what the that what EV is going to do for yeah. lo lots of commodities and lots of markets and verticals and so. Forth forth um th these generalist funds that presumably you're 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 talking to do they take a little bit longer to get over the line or are they just going oh it's got ev in the headline let's go i mean how easy is free-flowing is the money out there yeah look i'm not saying they're in our stock right now right um, yeah uh, and and the, the funds we've been talking to and the ones that are sort of looking to buy are, are still the more critical mineral funds but certainly a lot of the brokers we're talking to um, are finding that uh, yeah a lot of those generalist funds are out there are yeah, starting to take those deals so yeah um, we're still relatively early in I guess this this company's life getting it back out there promoting it and we've been sort of head down bum up just getting all these uh, sort of streams of work moving right, um, right. and um uh, so I think uh, th that'll all come after we're in Tanzania, we're in London uh, doing some more marketing. And, right. Uh, are you at the one-to-one? -one? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. We'll, we'll see We'll see you there, I'm yeah. sure. Um, yeah, it, it just sort of intrigues me about how many of these sort of generalists have come over from the tech side 
and looking at this, what is what is this mining malarkey? Yeah, well, three four years ago, it just wasn't. Yeah, uh, it wasn't there. And I think graphite for a long time yeah. was under the the cloud, if you like, of of that company, Syra Resources. And while it was coming in to build uh, yeah. a three hundred and fifty thousand ton per annum project, um, everyone else was sort of saying, "Well, I'd rather see how that." plays out before investing in you guys. And and then when that didn't go so well for a number of reasons, um, uh, probably marketing preparation and, mm. and, and technical as well, it then caused a, a bit of a market hangover that if, if they can't make it, how can you? And exactly. certainly we tried uh, uh, to differentiate ourselves in terms of being coarse flake and yeah. different markets and, and those sorts of things. But anyway, I think that the market now, the graphite market and equity investors looking at it have have moved past that. So yeah. stabilised a little bit. Yeah. Um, certainly the, the market prices of graphite are moving up. And um, so that, that's yeah. what now is, I guess, causing that interest. Okay. And, 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 and talk of um, tarnishing um, other, pe other people by association. Tanzania, it's had a rough few years politically, in, yeah. in country politically. Yeah. Things seem to change. New, new president in yeah. place. She seems to be inviting foreign direct investment. Yeah. Um, how you find is that, has it made life easier for you on the ground? Yeah, it definitely has. Um, and we're only there seven, eight weeks ago. And um, I guess what one of the first things she did was to sit down with the big companies in in uh, in Tanzania. And got GXP, Barrick. Yeah, well, and, and yeah. not even those guys, but uh, Dan Goti has yeah. got a big uh, cement factory and a lot of these different companies yeah. and saying. Guys, what are the uh, what are the things holding you back, or what are the concerns? And foreign investment was a big one of those. And she spent a lot of time repairing that, traveling the world with the Minister of Foreign Affairs, uh, right. uh, but then on the ground, uh, shuffling the decks a little bit, mm. doing so respectfully, so she doesn't lose, uh, I guess, the support of the no, uh, the rest of the party. Yeah. Well, and and, and the party, yeah. there's there's still, still yeah. people within the party that were very supportive of of Magafuli, so it was doing it respectfully to turn yeah. the ship around slowly and um, although I've been surprised how quickly she has turned it around and from a mining point of view when you, you're seeing BHP investing in Kabanga Nickel when you're seeing uh, three framework agreements signed towards the end of last year mm. <coughs> excuse me you've um, uh, and then our own meetings with the government about um, uh, just being very facilitating about okay well, we know you need a framework agreement and, right. uh, and, and we're literally working through that at the moment so but there, there is a mining rule of law. Yep. Nothing's dramatically changing there. Is, sorry, are they getting rid of the red tape, the, the paperwork? Well, not reg reducing it. Are they making it easier to do business? Yeah, look, I don't sense? think there's necessarily red tape. I think um, our concerns when uh, when sort of 2017 came through was, was and our messaging to the government was that we are supportive of the changes um, on the whole. Um, but it's seeking clarifications where there was gaps between regulations and legislation or mm. a, a misunderstanding of what some of the new rules meant. And, and so that was a, a long period of uh, engagement for us to try to understand those things, making detailed submissions about um, uh, how Tanzania maybe differed, differed to other countries yeah. within Africa. And I think through that period of 20, 2017 to 2021, it was sort of hitting a ceiling. The meetings were getting taken, um, but... Uh, the message would, wouldn't be communicated back to, to the president in a favourable favorable manner. And that, that's what appears to have changed this time is from the top down, uh, there appears to be a directive uh, to to be more facilitating of uh, okay. uh, foreign investors like Yeah, that's kind of interesting because I think we've been talking this week, certainly with um, you know, companies with African assets about the ease of doing business in Africa. <coughs> and, you know, I think overwhelmingly, 
I, I can't think of one instance where people say they're, they're struggling on that front. The permitting licensing process seems to be quicker than perhaps elsewhere. Would you would you agree with that? Yeah, look, we haven't um, we've had our permits uh, for some time. Yeah. Um, so, but to to have met with the government seven eight weeks ago to talk about our framework agreement to then be uh, traveling there to to talk about it seven eight weeks later and and being very close to finalizing it. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. That's that's pretty quick time um, yeah. for for any government and. Uh, yeah, the fact they're open to that as well um, is, right. uh, is really good. Okay, but here's the thing. People want to know that you're doing it in the right way. There's no shortcuts. There's no backhanders, no suitcases. No, of course not. You know, and things are doing the right way because the, the country wants to do it the right way. The ministry wants to do it the right way. The minister yeah. wants to do things the right way. Um, we're seeing this, you know, big push with the last year. It's been ESG. Yeah net zero carbon, carbon credits, green, you know, greenification of lots of conversations and people either like it or they, or they don't, but there's a big conversation going on. For you, again, on, on the ground, is it important to the Tanzanian government? Is it important to you? Does it add to your costs? Does it delay things? What's your take? Um, so I don't know that ESG is necessarily a requirement of the government, um, but I believe for um, for foreign investment, for banks, it very much is. So I guess if you've always got um, project finance, bank debt, historically, you've needed to adhere to equator yeah. principles. And yeah. um, so I think a lot of mining people, hardcore mining people, look at this ESG thing and go, hang on a sec, we've been doing the E and we've been doing the S and, and maybe the G side with, um, uh, yeah, uh, with ESG committees and other things we can um, we can do a bit better. But for me, and I was a little bit that way as well, but um, certainly Arch, uh, our, our major shareholder, have uh, played a, a great educational role uh, for me in terms of uh, what's required on that. And, yeah. um, but more so where the really conservative money is, is coming from. Um, there's a lot of money out there that really likes the decarbonisation theme, but yeah. thinks that mining is a polluting sort of dirty industry. And, and 99% of the time we're doing a great job yeah. Um, but it's these high-profile uh, sort of tailings dam disasters, cultural heritage destruction, yeah. child mining issues or, or whatever that um, none of those big funds want to be uh, associated yeah. with. And if they are, then where they're getting their money from is going to get cut off. And so yeah. it's making sure that as a company, uh, there's so many things that, that maybe or even frameworks or, or things that we're not aware of and um, we're working with a group called Digby, um, who's been yeah, yeah. sort of by the industry I for the industry. Them, yeah. You've had, yeah, you've had um, financiers say, "Look, we're not happy with the, the normal ratings agencies, and we don't think they understand the the, the mining specific risks." Yeah, um, and so uh, they've come in with a framework, and we've adopted that and, and transparently reported that. But as we've gone through there, there's a whole bunch of things you just say, "Yeah, you know what? We we should be doing that." And, yeah, yeah, um, and it's not. Uh, it definitely goes to reducing your risk as a as an organisation, and what you're really wanting to stop or ensure that you know that social license to operate and things. Ultimately, if if our mine has to stop because uh, because of community reasons or whatever, it, it right. does have financial implications. Absolutely. And so, it's the snowball effect of all those things that we're just it's reducing that risk to make sure that down the track, uh, we're not walking into those sorts of problems. Brilliant. Yeah, I think we, we spoke with a company called Invert doing something similar, but I think, yeah. well, there's some good guys out there trying to do things for the right reason and, and hopefully, you know, improve mining's um, brand, yeah. you know, for want of another word. Um, but 
talking of talking of awards, which you won't, I hear you picked one up today. I did. Um, I didn't actually bring. Do you it. like my segue though? Yeah, that was, that was so uh, so natural. Slick. Uh, uh, I didn't actually bring it with me. Yeah, so oh, really? I took my bag back to the. Yeah, that's big. right. You needed a widescreen camera. Um, so what but was no, it we, for? Yeah, for energy, uh, junior mining ESG awards for energy efficiency, and um, we essentially made made the submission based on a lot of the work we're doing to to work towards net zero carbon yeah. uh, mining operation. Which in graphite we would be the first uh, to do that, and yeah. some of those things. So we've done the life cycle analysis of, of our carbon footprint already. And, and yeah. if you've got sort of Chinese graphite and, and normal African graphite, we're, yeah. uh, we're still lower than that. And that, that was on our DFS, which was a, uh, a full diesel-powered uh, uh, power station. And we've, uh, we're going to be working towards a, a hybrid solar and diesel, so introducing okay. some renewables. Right. Uh, we're also looking at um, electrifying the fleet around the, um, the mine itself. Um, okay. We are investigating uh, whether we'd be able to truck using electric fleet, but at the moment the technology is uh, such that I think you'd need a couple of charging stations on the way. So right. certainly got yeah. a vision towards that. Okay. Now, so then you end up with a bit of a carbon footprint, and uh, the other thing we're doing um, is working with some uh, terrestrial forestry plantations and uh, and mangrove uh, plantations to be able to secure the credits to to move to net zero. And um, it is a, a complicated um, and it's fast moving and uh, we're learning a lot, but yeah, uh, yeah looking to move towards uh, at net zero, which uh, we think is really important for, for customers and for financiers as well. I agree. Well, good luck with that. Thank Thanks you. for coming and telling us the story. No worries. Appreciate um, that. We'll look out for you and stay in touch. Let us know how you get on, okay? You will do. Thanks a lot.